Hi everyone, I'm Pastor Eric. And I'm Kelsey. And we're here to welcome you back to another exciting episode of The Good News and Harry Potter. Today we're going to be talking about Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire Chapter 2, The Scar. So Kelsey, what happened in this chapter? All right, so this chapter was our typical recap. Here's what you missed if you haven't read the other Harry Potter books. I know. I was so excited well, that we were breaking this mold. I, I know. They they had to do it. I, I get it, I guess. If I mean, I don't understand why you would start reading Harry Potter at book four and not read one, two, three first. But if you did, I guess you can kind of get away with it. But it also left off exactly where chapter one ended. So chapter one ends with Harry waking up startled and we pick right back up. With Harry in the middle of the night, heart racing, breathing heavy, um, and his scar burning. And he's remembering this vivid but confusing dream about everything that we saw unfold in chapter one with Wormtail and Voldemort and Frank Bryce. He dreamed that. Or did he? Um, so he's obviously a little shaken because the men in the stream were talking about killing him. And the last time his scar burned, it was because Voldemort was nearby. So he thinks about writing to Hermione and Ron and telling them about this, but he knows what they would say. And then he thinks about writing Dumbledore. But of course, he doesn't want to bother him just because his scar hurt. Like, you know, no big deal. Yeah, kind of big deal. Then he remembered that he could write his godfather Sirius, who he had just met and helped avoid capture for a murder he was accused of but didn't commit. So Harry writes Sirius about his scar hurting, but decides to leave out the dream. Feeling slightly more relieved, Harry sends off the letter and heads down to bre for breakfast with the Dursleys. So what did you like about this chapter? I really like the part where Harry's thinking about writing to Ron and Hermione, and he has an entire inner dialogue in his head of exactly what they're going to say, because he knows them so well. He plays them so perfectly. Yes. <laughs> I was like, yep, that's exactly what each of them would say. You're right, Harry. I know, and I found myself agreeing once again with Hermione. Of course. It's very prudent. Because you should probably tell Dumbledore. Mm -hmm. It's like, yes, Harry, tell Dumbledore. When Dumbledore, when he's like, no, I shouldn't tell Dumbledore, I'm screaming, yes, you should. Now, I did enjoy the imagery of J Dumbledore on his summer vacation <laughs> with his big nose in a book reading it, trying to relax. Yeah. Which, you know, honestly, it feels that I could see Dumbledore I, doing I that. hope Dumbledore gets to do that. I mean, you know, he's old. He's got to live, live it up. You got to relax. Does. You can't be a terrible headmaster all the, all the time. No. What was your favorite part? I enjoyed that apparently any bird can carry a male. Yeah. It doesn't have to be an owl. It can be a toucan. That was probably the most exciting thing about this chapter is we saw a bird other than an owl deliver posts for the first time. I know. And I'm thinking about beautiful, beautiful headwig. Yes. Just you know, immaculate in its its snowy white uh, feathers and being intimidated by these tropical birds that he Hedwig does not want to let in and drink out of its water bowl because, you know, they are just too bright and too colorful. I mean, if you've lived in an owlery your whole life and you've only ever seen owls, toucans probably seem pretty pretty scary and like what what are these birds i know and apparently the last one was so big it could barely fit through the window yeah. like how big are these but birds if i was a witch i and like had to get a pet i would absolutely choose a toucan over an owl yeah like why are there no toucans right. why is at that, hogwarts why is that not a common thing maybe because hogwarts is like cold for half the year toucans probably wouldn't be too happy with that 
I guess. I'm, I wonder if there's a tropical wizarding school. Oh, there must be, right? There must be. And they it's probably like in some all bay have in two the Caribbean and it's super nice and it's probably pirate themed. All right. I've been saying the wrong thing for like 20 years of my life. I don't want to go to Hogwarts. I want to go to the wizarding school that's in the tropics. Heck, could you imagine their uh, Hogsmeade with their uh, butter rum? Oh, delicious. So I really enjoyed that. And that Sirius is like apparently off living it some up in some warm climates apparently so that the Dementors can't get to him there because it's just too nice and too beautiful and too sunny and they can't combat all of that good emotions. Yeah, it's kind of like how you like to picture Dumbledore on vacation. It was a nice way to picture Sirius too. Yeah, despite all the bad things in his life, just, you know, taking it easy on some tropical... Yeah. Yeah. You know, just honestly, if I was on the run, that's not a bad place to be on the run. Yeah. And I, I found it really interesting in this chapter where we see Harry kind of battling with himself and his terrible inclinations that always get the oh plot running gosh. in all of the Harry Potter books. It's We should have started, when we started back at book one, we should, should have started a running tally of like how many times Harry thinks about doing the smart right thing and then says nah i'm not gonna do that yeah you know how oh, i'm a 14 year old i can definitely you know fight these uh dark wizards right. and whatnot it's no big deal yeah like you know my scar is burning and the last time that that happened the darkest wizard to ever exist was nearby but i don't want to worry but I, I don't, it's probably nothing. It's, it's a, it would just bother dumbledore i'm not gonna bug him i yeah. shouldn't tell him i mean he's relaxing it would be a very yeah. big inconvenience you know the only wizard that this dark wizard is actually afraid of i, sh I shouldn't give him a heads up about this yeah and so we see harry right off telling dumbledore right off telling hermione right off telling ron because yeah no big deal. I'll just, you know, eventually fall asleep and it'll be fine. <laughs> but I will say I do like, it's like we have a glimmer of hope of redemption for Harry and his decision making that he at least lands upon Sirius and he tells Sirius. I wish he would have told Sirius about the dream and everything too, but at least he tells Sirius about his scar hurting and it seems like maybe he's starting to break that mold of... Even if I feel too silly to tell Dumbledore this, I'll tell Sirius. Yeah. Like, he's, like, I mean, Sirius isn't as well-connected as Dumbledore. No. And maybe he'll have a harder time getting Harry help or something like that. But, you know, at least he's branching out. You know, right. it's a good first step. It's a, At least you're telling somebody, because in the past you've told nobody. And I really like that Sirius is that person for him, that even when he feels too foolish or bothersome to reach out to an adult like Dumbledore he has an adult now that he can reach out to with just like the little things that go through your head sometimes yeah it's almost like Harry's like starting to a little maybe a little bit get comfortable with what it's like to have a family yeah because it's really the first time that he's had a parental figure all to himself and that's a real positive parental figure you know he's had the Weasleys, and they're wonderful, but they have seven other kids. Dumbledore is a nice parental figure when he's not being a wacky head. Dodgy. <laughs> head. Um, but, you know, he has the whole school and all the students to look after, and this is the first time that Harry has somebody that is just his. 
Yeah, and so it, it's nice to see Harry just kind of start to embrace that a little bit. And, you know, frankly, it's one of the first times that Harry's made a good decision so early on in a book before. Yeah. And so, you know, it's almost like, you know, as St. Paul tells us, is that we're surrounded by this great cloud of witnesses. There are these people around us that love and care for us all the time. And that being a Christian is not something that you do alone, but it's something that you do as part of a community. And it's the community which is faithful. You are not faithful, but the community is. And you make each other faithful. And Harry here, as he reaches out and leans on another member of his community, of his family, is doing exactly what he's supposed to do, right? We have strength through each other and not just on our own. And we are given this beloved community through the gift of God who loves and cares for us and makes us a member of God's family. And so, you know, if you're out there and maybe you're thinking that things are a little bit too hard or that there's a really scary dream or that something really weird happens and your first inclination might be to bury it deep inside and pull a pull a, a typical Harry move there and not, don't tell anyone. Maybe you get a little bit of strength from reaching out to someone you love, someone that you know that cares for you and that loves you unconditionally. Maybe do that. Amen. Well, we'll see you next week, people of God, on another episode of The Good News and Harry Potter. <laughs>